You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode, another photography-related episode today, uh, which I'm sure you know, we're going to touch on photography, but... Um, the man I am sat with, I've known for a really long time on and off because I didn't realize I knew you, but when Sarah told me, and I remember you coming to class and talking in one of our classes, and then I remember seeing your Instagram, I'm like, that's that's the same green. I know exactly. And I, I don't think you had a beard back then. It was a <laughs> no, long time I ago. I didn't. Um, but the man sat across from me. I'm sure you've seen many of his amazing Instagram drone photography shots. I've shared a lot of them. Uh, I sometimes feel bad for everybody else because I get tagged in the photos that you post. I'm like, oh, I kind of have to post somebody else's photo <laughs> instead <laughs> just so it's not the, uh, the the Andrew Green show. But, um, you know, you take amazing photos. I'm sure we're going to dive into that today. Thank but you. um Mate, I really appreciate your time. It's good to good to catch Great up. Being good to here, sit man. Down. Love talking with you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me into the house. And uh, you know, it's that's the good stuff about doing a podcast is because you know we've been here for thirty minutes already, just catching up, chatting, and hanging out. And that's one of the best things about it. So, um, I guess we should go all the way to the start about kind of where does the love of photography come in? Good question. Um, you know, uh, digital photography. Is something that caught my attention. My mother uh, was a photographer. She she doesn't shoot much anymore. But mm-hmm. growing up, she always had a uh, an SLR camera that used film, and um, so I grew up around her taking pictures all the time. Landscape photography. She's a phenomenal landscape photographer. And uh, but you know, if that's what your parents do, then typically sure. you kind of are like. Okay, whatever. So, uh, but I would pick up her camera from time to time and um, mess around with it. Well, uh, what I hated about it was the the, the trouble of film. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it was just uh, exhausting to have to take the film and get it get it. Uh, I'm sure all of our younger listeners have no idea what I'm talking yeah. about. But um, when when the digital camera came out, I still remember the first time I held a digital camera and I'm, I'm a real tech geek. So it completely blew my mind. Sure. <laughs> Another thing the younger listeners are going <laughs> to not not believe is uh, it was literally a Sony a digital camera that had a floppy drive on it. Oh, nobody has any idea what floppy is. I, yeah. know, I know what it is. You know but what that is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it was a, uh, I guess it was the mini floppies. Uh, wasn't the big, big sure, ones. Sure, the big kind of four-inch ones. It was the little yeah. ones. Yeah. And then maybe you're like three inches by three inches, but still you had to put this thing in the slot, and then when you take a picture you had to wait for it to write the file. And so you would stand there and go, (laughs) 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 and people are looking at you like, what is going on? And uh, that's whenever you could, I could say, yeah, but there's no film in this. Right. That's better than having to go home and develop it and then realize (laughs) that, okay, I got to go back and take another shot because I didn't get it this time. So if you put this thing on high quality, You'd get maybe yeah. two pictures per floppy, so then That's you had to hilarious. carry around a bag of floppies with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm the guy thinking that film is too high maintenance, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that clearly was a cop out. I just didn't. Uh, it wasn't techy enough until the digital came out. So that's when okay. I got I got caught into. Uh, really, I think it was the technology sure. that was more interesting to me than taking pictures. The, the taking pictures part was uh, just uh, collateral yeah. activity. So, anyways. Uh, that was, well, you can look it up on Google when that first came out. As we talked about earlier, I can't ever remember the yeah. years and stuff, but I would say it had to be around uh, 2000 that mm-hmm. I got that uh, camera. And um, Things have come a long way in 20 years. That's right. And like a really long way. 100% of my interest with photography until I would say the last two years mm-hmm. has been based on the technology okay. more than... The actual photography. Okay, yeah. And so uh, what's cool about that is that uh, whenever we were at Southern Nazarene together, mm-hmm. um, I was on staff there, and I, uh, one of the departments sent out a email saying they had digital cameras for sale, and I'd never had a DSLR before. Sure. Do you know about what year that was? Roughly within a four-year range. Uh, I would say late 2000s, early 2001, uh, 2010, 2011, maybe. Okay. That, would I'm you be take right? your word for it. Yeah? I have no idea. Maybe. I don't know. Because I remember I took a photography class and Jim Smith was doing it, so it might have been. Okay. That was a while. Really? And that was my senior year I did it, yeah. Because I had nothing else to do because I'd done most of my work. So, so you just had to get some uh, Some credits, credits, yeah. So that's how I got in. That's why I say got into it. I got into it before that, but that was like my... Oh, and re, like started to learn restart. about how to do yeah. some manual stuff sure. and how all that works and yeah. what it. Well, that was around the. I mean, it, we we both got into it mm. around the same time, because other than that, I had point and shoot mm-hmm. uh, Sony cameras. I've always been into Sony a lot, and um, I just think that they have a really good little plug for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They have a really good, if you're into getting a point and shoot, they, they do really well at processing um, colors and contrasts and things. Um, their, their auto sensor, which was my bag for sure. Yeah. I had no idea how to shoot manual. So fast forward now at Southern Nazarene, which is, I guess, a decade later. And even though I've had the technology and I've taken pictures and things like that, uh, and of course, having kids, definitely. Yeah got me into it but I, I can say I was in video way more okay way way more I've had a video camera from the day of, uh, probably two weeks before Claire was born yeah our our um, our daughter who is uh, 18 now yeah so um, and that actually was a digital a Sony digital 8 camera which was the eight millimeter okay and they came up with this crazy technology of being able to put digital files onto a digital uh onto an eight millimeter tape mm-hmm. instead of reinventing the the entire concept of how cam their cameras worked and making a hard drive camera or a floppy disk sure. camera yeah. for video you had a tiny little tape they put a tape in there and they found a way for this thing to convert into digital files and then they they made a special kind of tape yeah. that was on the reel it wasn't right. actual like video like the old VHS reel, uh, video yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it had no the, the thing didn't read it in any traditional way yeah 
and they they but instead they could store those digital files onto that okay actual tape. I mean, it's crazy to think about. And they found that those tapes could hold tons of digital data sure. compared to trying to because you know the microprocessors and micro. Uh, size hard drives just hadn't been right. created yeah, yet. Would, so yeah. it was really a brilliant way for them to get out way ahead of the curve. So I was editing the video with my um, Mac. It, back then they were called PowerBooks. Okay. What is now the Mac, like a MacBook Pro. And uh, I had a PowerBook and I was editing video. Yeah. And had the point and shoot. Okay, now fast forward 2010 and... Um, the department, I think it was the uh, education where they where the where people graduate and go on to become sure. teachers. They had a program where an adult program. Whenever you signed up, you would get a MacBook Pro and a uh, Nikon DSLR That's camera. Great, yeah. I just got a I just got a Mac. Actually, I didn't have a MacBook. I had a, I just had a laptop when I signed up. They didn't right? really give me a camera as an old student. Exactly, I love that. And, I, and I, whenever I you know I was working in the other department for adult studies uh, for the master's program, and I I after I got that email, I did two things. Yeah. I first contacted them about the camera, and secondly, I scheduled a meeting with the higher ups and said. Uh, if they're giving out Macs, we're giving out Macs too because yeah. we were at that point we were still giving out. Like, sure, it was like the um, the little Microsoft. No, I don't think it was Microsoft. It was Lenovo. I think was the laptop that I had, black thing. That it, I mean, it was. It, I'll tell you what it was. It was whatever that uh, the tech guy who a guy who was over purchasing. Don't let this get out. It was whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, massive bundle of uh, sure. low-cost PCs that he could get. Yeah, and uh, I—that was it. I put my foot down. They said, "Look, if I'm the one that's going to answer for how many students we get, right? Uh, and we want to get them with integrity. For, they need to belong in the program, but if." If if they come down to the last little bit of the decision and it has to do with that, we need to have a Mac available. Yeah, so exactly. Anyways, I'm chasing rabbits now. <laughs> so went and bought a, a DSLR from them mm-hmm. for a song. Yeah. I mean, dude, I got like a Nikon D80S, I think is what it's called. And it's a, a kind of a prosumer mm-hmm. camera that Nikon made for a while. And... It was for a first time DSLR camera, it was really uh, challenging to use because it didn't have any, it wasn't consumer friendly, but wow, could I get some results with it that I had never had before. And I, you know, we lived out on Lake Overholzer at the time and I went out and I can get you the file uh, if, if, uh, yeah, we can lay it over the top of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give you the file. I don't think anyone will see it and go, woo. <laughs> It'd be like, huh? Yeah. But the picture that I went out and took one night was the first time I had done manual settings. I bought a book, tried to learn, and I went back, put it in my computer, and I also had shot raw. And mm-hmm. like had went during my capture had lowered all the contrast settings and everything to be real flat. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me, but that's what the book said to do, sure. so I did it. Took the pictures, went back to my computer and edited it for the first time in Lightroom. Never used that before. And I 
was blown away at the results that I got. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe it. And that was the moment for me that I was like, you know, for a guy that's colorblind and had myself convinced I really couldn't ever be a serious photographer because of that challenge, mm-hmm. I think that I might be able to do this. And so uh, I started taking lots of landscape pictures out there by the lake and had a, uh, now fast forward to uh, a video shoot that I was producing for a client in um but my background is marketing and advertising as far as business goes. And, um, we were shooting a commercial and this was probably the third commercial that we had, uh, hired a drone pilot to come out and shoot video for us. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you want me to kind of tell the story how it goes all the way to to what, what I do now with the pictures. And so, um, so I, we had hired these, these guys and they were great guys. Um, if any, any of them are, uh, hear this by chance, just be cool. <laughs> They're great guys, Yeah. but it was a new technology Yeah. and they had these drones, these DJI drones they were using and we were shooting on windy days because that's it, it, we it's didn't Oklahoma. have yeah it's Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. there is no non-windy day and we had all this um, money spent we had actors and massive um, camera setup sure and our director is uh, one of the best people in video in the whole state if not the best he's out there and all of his team and hair and makeup. And I mean, it it was a a bunch of people there and this one particular shoot. And we've got the drone and, and the director had a very, a very simple shot that he wanted. And we, for some reason, couldn't get it. Yeah. Couldn't get the shot. And I, I don't, I'm not blaming anybody. It just wasn't working out. Sometimes that just happens. And it, put a real damper on the day and made things very tense for the rest of the day because we were behind schedule and we were shooting outdoors. And if we had this thing go to another day, it was going to shoot our budget Hmm. through the roof. We'd be losing money on it. And, uh, so that was a real frustration that I didn't necessarily know what to do anything about. I looked and looked for, um, how we could maybe hire somebody uh, else uh, that maybe we didn't know about or whatever, but most of the guys that were really good at it weren't really advertising or because they stayed so busy, they didn't have to. And asking around and anyways, long story short, um, I just was like, you know, I'm a tech geek. This is an expensive thing that we're doing when we hire and pay them for their time and the equipment and all that. Mm. I'm just going to go buy a drone and just see if I can pilot the thing. Maybe by the next shoot, yeah, I'll be able to be our drone person. It's worth a shot. And if not, I'll turn around and sell the thing. They seem to hold their resale value pretty well. So, uh, 
so I started in looking into drones and figured out which one I wanted and bought one and all the accessories that go with it and uh, started shooting. And uh, this was a, a drone. If I showed it to you now, you wouldn't believe that this was something that I bought just, what, four years ago now. Yeah. It looks like something that would have happened back when we were at SNU together. <laughs> I mean, this looks old and uh, it, it's a giant, heavy has four legs that uh, that probably wouldn't even fit on this placemat. They're so right. far set apart. And uh, so anyways, it's, um, you had to hook a GoPro up to it. It didn't come with a camera? It didn't just the camera. Yeah. You had to buy a special gimbal right. that was mobile. And uh, it, it was a mess. And the batteries were literally like the size of a brick. And... Um, it was not a DJI drone. That was my big mistake. Yeah. So anyways, I um, got to work practicing and practicing. I still have footage of my very first flight that I ever took, and it was terrible. And But I, uh, from everything that I saw online and read, the key to it was time invested. You just had to practice sure. and practice and practice and practice and practice. So I did. I just practiced and practiced and um, got got good enough to, to be the person for the next shoot that we did. And um, after a while, uh, the company that it was a company called 3DR that owned uh, that, that made that first drone I bought, mm-hmm. um, they went out of business. Because they, the guy that started it had left DJI to start this business. Right. And DJI crushed him. Yeah. And he turned and ran, and that company was just kind of swinging out in the wind. And um, so they stopped supporting the drone. They stopped sending updates. So hmm. a year later, I'm buying a DJI drone. And the rest is history. From there... Uh, I went out and started trying to learn the way that the DJI drone moves. It feels totally different. It <laughs> feels better. Yeah. And um, and that's when... I mean, I wasn't going out and taking pictures with a GoPro. Sure. It didn't make any sense. So when I got that DJI drone, that was really the first time that I took a picture uh, with a drone. And um, so... Uh, brought that back to the computer and uh, put them in and uh, started reading about the possibilities of how you can up up the game with a drone and uh, even if it's not that great of a camera how can you, if it can shoot raw, what can you do? And So I kind of figured out that I could do my own uh, panorama if I shot a grid that I could kind of memorize in my head. Sure. That is uh, so. Within the first three or four months of having a DJI drone, I was figuring out how to do uh, manual panoramas where I could take all those pictures and then put them in the computer and stitch them together. And so I did that, and then I posted them on my personal Instagram account. And um, after about four or five posts on Instagram of those, mm. um, I got contacted by a magazine. And people messaging yeah. me and saying, this is really good. Um, can we buy a print of it? That kind of thing. Yeah. And 
family and friends were really positive and gave me good feedback and they said the colors were great and so um from there i just kind of kept taking them just yeah. just whenever i'd get the time here and there i'd go out and uh, but mainly i was out practicing for video mm-hmm. is what i was doing and the more i posted those digital i mean those uh, photos on my personal instagram sure. the the more people contacted me back and um, so after a while i abandoned it being a personal account because i didn't really want to keep doing it anyways right and um changed it over to uh putting those drone pictures up there and uh and then i thought well being a marketing and branding guy if this is something that goes anywhere i don't like Andy Green photographer. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like every other photographer, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, how does that has no standout power whatsoever? Yeah. So I was like, okay, what can I do here? Right. My name's not that sexy. So I got to find something I can do. And um, so I sat down and I, if I, sh- if I found the list and showed it to you of the possibilities, it would be a pretty comical. Uh, <laughs> list we could go through it's always a uh, fun process isn't it you're either banging your head against the wall for hours on end or you're just like yeah it's just going to be this and you make that one decision and you just live by it but for the most part finding a name for something takes a long time especially when your parameters are Andy Green (laughs) Green and that's green with an E on the end oh G-R-E-N-E no E-E-N-E Just not very exciting. So you came up with Andrew G. Image. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Andrew G. So went with that and uh, got rid of the green for the photography stuff. Sure. I I still go by that in my real life. Uh, And and all my friends and family, for the most part, call me Andy. Yeah. Um, But, you know, actually, I, I am so many people are calling me Andrew now that I actually right. answer to it fine yeah. uh, it's become natural and it's not um, just your mom shouting Andrew at you exactly like when it's not just when I'm kid. in trouble with my wife or my right. mom right yeah Andrew so uh, yeah so that's when I, I came up with the Andrew G thing mm-hmm. and, and put it out there and I didn't want to put photography on it either because I just didn't have any idea where I was going to go with it I didn't yeah. where maybe I should say this I didn't have any idea where it was going to go sure I didn't know. I just know that it had already gone way further than I ever intended. And so I wanted to come up with a name and a brand that could be versatile enough to go wherever it wherever went. Wherever needed to, yeah. And even if it goes into merchandising, which is already headed in that direction, yeah, it doesn't just say photography. And so uh, I felt like the word image would work with pretty broad spectrum of things definitely i think when people see them people have seen them on my page and but when they look at your feed and you know the ones that stand out to me just from memory is there's some great ones of lake hafner that are on there there's a really cool set of photos when it was really foggy of downtown in the night those came out amazing and then recently i'd say probably back to our conversation about time that's probably not that recent <laughs> we should um, probably get the feed yeah. opened up I think um, it was the photo of the house at the lake that was the one I, that comes to my mind 
that's just amazing like there's a lake house and it's just like three or four pictures together and it's just and i'll it's like a sunset a lake house and it's just phenomenal and then when i tell people you know people ask and how long ago was it was it like it's probably like four months ago right just recently it's been it's been a it's been a while yeah Yeah. um but yeah those images like and, and it is what now what you're known for right you're known for the drone photography and you're known for the stitching these images together and and when people ask oh yeah that's really cool and then i'm like yeah you know andrew's color he's colorblind right you know that and like what <laughs> i'm like yeah like, no no you're lying there's no way i'm like no no, no i andrew's colorblind <laughs> and they're just like send him a message and ask him because he's gonna tell you the same thing uh but i'm just fascinated about like how you are not me i don't know a lot about like how you the whole process of you taking because i i'm sure it's not just like throw it in lightroom like so, you know i might take a picture on my phone or take a picture on my camera put it to my phone throw it in the lightroom app throw a little preset on it and it's good to go you know five minutes and it's up whereas these images they probably take you about a week today to stitch together yeah, and process takes, well you know it uh, it takes a good it takes a good while to get them edited um i uh let me try and think of how to to make this conversational so i'm not just um, <laughs> i'm sure there's some people listening who understand everything i i don't understand it all well you know uh I'm excited to teach a, a master class at Photocon. Which is in July now, in July, right? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Um, because I have a lot of uh, acquaintances and friends and professional photographers that uh, have said, you know, how do you, do? I see what you're typing that you're doing. And you, you say HDR and... Uh, I understand what an HDR is, mm-hmm. but then you talk about stitching them, and I'm like, how are you, how are you doing a panoramic that's HDR mm-hmm. with stitching? That doesn't make any sense. And so uh, I try and explain it to them, and a lot of times it becomes a little too technical. But uh, I'm excited to teach that class yeah. because people will be able to. I'm going to put it up on the screen and walk everyone through the whole thing. Um, and I was a little hesitant, to be honest, in my preparation, as I'm still doing for the class, to share my like trade secrets. secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and I was talking to a photography buddy, and I said, uh, "What do you think about this? Should I? How far should I go with sharing what I'm doing?" And his opinion was, he said, "Look, um, if somebody can come to your class and learn what you're saying." Let's just say they record it. In an hour, yeah. Right. He said, worst case scenario, they record it and they take it home and they're going to tear every piece of it apart and duplicate your process. He said, I don't think they're going to stick with it longer than like two times because it is an exhaustive, frustrating, long process. And uh, I thought, yeah, I am a little obsessive. And so... You're basically betting on another you being in the class at the same time, right? Which is highly unlikely. Exactly. I do think it's a combination of a lot of elements that come together because uh, uh, an individual, and it's not that um, I'm awesome. It's really just, in a way, just blessed that a lot of factors have come together just Mm -hmm. right. 
I mean, if I were born in a different era, uh, I wouldn't even be shooting pictures more than likely because right. the technology aspect of it's what drew me in. And I've considered all those things, not because, um, ultimately just for this issue we're talking yeah. about, is there a purpose in me continuing down this road? Just like on shark tank, you know, right. people watch that and they say to them right up front, can somebody else make this? Yeah. And if, we put all this money into launching something and somebody else sees us doing it and goes, Oh, I can do that cheaper. Yeah. Then we're done. Right. Yeah, you're right. And so for me, I have questioned those things. I'm not saying I sit around and go, right. Oh, my photography is this gift to the world. And how yeah. did it happen? Yeah. That's yeah. not what I've contemplated. It's just that question of, is this worth me really launching out into these deeper waters sure. and investing my time, money and, hope in yeah. the, uh, the the career aspect of this. And so the answer that I came up with is yes, it is. And I think it's because I've analyzed it. And that is what I came up with was it is technology. Somebody has to be able to grasp the drone aspect yeah. of things. It's very engineer technical. You have to be able to keep the machine steady, uh, stable, upkeep as well. Upkeep, right? yeah. yes. And uh, you've got to stay up with the latest technology. Uh, and then you've got to be able to haul it around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could become, for some people, impossible to do if they don't have the space and the time right. to haul it. And I don't want to bore everybody with the whole <laughs> thing, but it is a lot of stuff that comes together. So to answer your question, um, I will do the brief synopsis of it. What I what I do, my process that I uh, have become uh, known for, the end result mm-hmm. of, is that I um, that I shoot panoramic photos, and for the most part, I'm still using the same process I had before DJI introduced the panorama. Feature, okay. which what I'm speaking of is, um, I guess it would be, uh, I had a Phantom 4 Pro, and I remember I an, on an update of this drone, which would be about two, maybe a year and two years ago, um, on one of the updates to the drone, when you turn it on and are using, looking at the screen, it pops up this thing and says new panorama whatever and so you go in and what the drone was able to do at that point is when you select the panoramic feature to take a picture that Mm -hmm. way and you push the button just one time yeah it does the rest for you where it takes a picture Turns the camera, click, turns the camera, click, turns the camera, click. Just perfect, so you're not... On a perfect grid. Yeah, yeah. And that makes it easier when you're stitching. Yeah, That Lightroom can just, I mean, like that. It's like, oh. Yeah. And uh, whereas when you do it manually, you can get off grid a little bit, and that can ruin the entire panorama. One one picture, and you're like, you know, the Devon Tower's a little taller in this one than it is in the other one. Exactly. And that's so easy to happen. Um... The photo that I did, um, this one right here, is I set a record for myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I put it in the in the thing or not, but 
Okay. Yeah, I'm going to overlay that one. That's amazing. So that photo uh, is a long story. I'm not going to tell it. Bottom line is I had crashed my drone into the Yukon Mills. We're going to get into these because I know you. this is not the first time this has happened, is it? No. I've gone through a lot of drones. Um, crashed it into that sign. Yeah. Flying backwards, trying to get this really cool shot. Through the sign? Is that what you're trying to do? No, but no. that if I wouldn't have crashed, that would have happened. Okay. Because that's yeah. what happened. I got through most of it. And then right before I got through it, and yeah. it's like a grid of iron. Uh, boom. It hit, and I literally heard it from the ground uh, yeah. before I knew that it had happened because the feed has sure. a little bit of latency to it. And so I hear this. sound like somebody was up there and hit a, a, a wooden bat on a baseball. Now, yeah. And <laughs> I was like, look down at my screen, dead. <laughs> like, oh, that was me. Did you get it uh, back? No. No, it's still there? It, no, it... it uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, she made efforts to be able to try and get up there on top of that building by sure. meeting somebody. It was a real long process because the people that, that um, operate it are not, they don't live here. Yeah, they don't they live don't in town, here, do right? they? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, long story short, by the time she got up there, uh, or they went up there to look for us, um, Someone had it. Yeah. So it, one of two things happened. Either somebody that works at that mill got up there uh, and uh, grabbed it up for themselves. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, that up there on the top, it has no lip. It is right. made of concrete. So it, it slopes downward and just falls off. So it's on the ground somewhere. Maybe a big yeah. gully washer hit it, a week, it yeah. in that next week and knocked it off and whoever saw it picked it up. Anyways, uh, so that... That was a that was my brand new Mavic 2 Pro, okay. which is like, I guess like eighteen hundred dollars just for the drone body, and it has the Hasselblad camera on it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and so I lost that. So now the drone's gone, and I'm down a drone. Yeah, I'm gonna sell something, maybe one of my other drones, and get another one, because you can't claim on the insurance. Unless you can deliver the drone. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, it's at the bottom of a lake, which that's, that's where right. one of them is, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's one another one at the two lake. Of them, yeah. Two of them, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you can hand them, a and I've done this, a yeah. pile of what used to be a drone. Yeah. Um, I did that. One, one drone, a, a Phantom Pro uh, Phantom 4 Pro Obsidian, which is a really cool, popular uh, drone among drone enthusiasts, because it's it's a uh, exclusive okay. color. It's yeah. pure black, like a flat black. I crashed that into somebody's uh, tree in their backyard, and by the time it got to the ground, their drone was just parts scattered everywhere. So I took all those parts, put them in an envelope, and sent it to DJI. Yeah, and they sent me a new drone. So. If you can't deliver those parts, they're not going to send you a drone back. Uh -huh. So I was out a drone, and I'm like, oh, I've got to come up with another $2,000, and was not looking forward to that. Well, Matt Payne, mm -hmm. a good buddy of mine, everybody who listens to this will know who Matt is, um, he heard that I was down a drone and was like, dude, you, you need to have a drone. I want you to have a drone in the air taking yeah. pictures, so just come get mine. He had the exact same thing that uh -huh. I have the Mavic 2 Pro. 
I go to Tulsa to shoot that newscast uh, that I was on. Yeah. I was on a newscast yeah, yeah, in yeah, Tulsa. Yeah. Um, News 6, right? Tulsa. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I finished up that, go outside. This amazing storm is rolling in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm, not, I'm yeah. shooting this. This is great. I'm not kidding when I say this. It, it had to be, in my opinion, the best video and photos I've ever shot as far as just all the elements came mm-hmm. together. It was perfection. Yeah. And I thought to myself, as I've done a couple times before, this footage is so good. I'm going to put a different micro SD in between every battery. That sure. way Everything's I safe. don't risk anything. But like an arrogant idiot, I was like, oh, I'd be fine. <laughs> Who needs to do that? That's so <laughs> yeah. overkill. Oh, this is so frustrating. The drone, I bring it down to change the battery, and I'm standing on the campus of OSU Tulsa. Mm-hmm. They have like a, a big thing in the front, in their front entrance. It's like a big lawn, and it goes up real fast. And then, ha- anyways, it's beautiful. So I just stand right there on their campus. Usually, security will come over and be like, What are you yeah, doing? And sure. I sit and talk yeah. to them and tell them what I'm doing, and they're fine. I bring the drone down and land it right at my feet on the grass, turn around, and I've got my batteries in the case mm-hmm. six feet from the drone under a tree because it, it, any second this storm was going to break on us. Sure. And I just wanted to have my gear over there. So I turned and went and knelt down to get this battery and to hear something behind me. I thought it may have been a squirrel or something turned around and a teenage kid had picked it up and was running the other direction. Oh, I just love Tulsa. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. And I'm going, I honestly, at first I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I just didn't register. Oh, kid stealing my drone. This was Mastro. Yeah. Yeah. So I just was like, <laughs> Hey, come back. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, great, great effort, Andy. He just keeps going. Oh and he gets over to where this, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of like a, a lookout tower that they have built. Yeah. Like a little fort kind of thing. And he has a bicycle that he had set right there. To jump on it. Jumped yeah. on it, and he was gone. And my fat rear ends out there <laughs> chasing after him like I'm going to do a thing, right? I'm like, I literally resorted to begging. I was like, please come back. I'll give you money. Yeah. I just want that SD card and I need to give Matt his drone. And dude, I hadn't even flown on these. I was being so cautious with Matt's drone that, uh, I was just flying straight up from my launch point. Yeah. And flying straight back down. Yeah, not no. going over any water, not going over buildings. Like, yeah. <laughs> and what did Matt rewarded. say when you called him? Oh, he he was devastated for me. He knowing Matt, he probably would have laughed straight away, and then it'd be like, yeah. oh, he, the last thing he cares about is his drone. He's more worried about that you didn't, didn't get to see those photos. That's all. And and he knew uh, because I I had uh, he'd asked me whenever he offered to loan me the drone. Yeah. Do you not have the money to buy one right now? Mm-hmm. 
So he knew I was already strapped to yeah. get this replacement. And now double that now money. I'm yeah. down four grand and <sighs> don't have a drone. <laughs> so one of the most non-fun moments for Matt and I ever that we shared was a meeting at Bedford. And I, I know he, it looked like somebody had kicked him in the gut. He yeah. was so upset about just the fact that I was going to have to show up, right. drop two grand cash on the counter, say thank you, and turn to him and go, yeah. here you go. There you go. And I mean, when I handed him the drone, he was like, Andy, I want so badly to not be taking this from you right, right. now. Yeah. He said, I wish I had the cash right now to just say, yeah, don't do this. Take that drone and go. So it was just terrible. It was just negative. And, and I told him, I was like, dude, this is why I don't borrow. And right. And he's like, no, you know, Matt is just, he is one of the most gracious and kind people. Mm -hmm. He's a really good guy. So, um, so that had something to do with what we were talking about. I don't know how, but, uh, I know I was talking about the oh, panoramics yeah, just getting somehow the, the, the process of, of putting these pictures together. And cause for someone who doesn't understand photography or doesn't understand drones or doesn't understand like the panorama panorama stuff, you know, they may just see a picture and think, Oh, that's really cool. You've just like edited it a little bit and, and it's gone up. Right. Like naive. I probably would have looked at it and think, Oh yeah, it must be cool until I think it was Matt that actually might've said to me, no, that that's taken about a week to put that photo together. And after he said that, I was like, okay, now I appreciate it so much more. Right. Yeah, that's really nice to hear. And then you see, and then, well then knowing that also like some of the colors that come out, you're like, but can't see them. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> this is wild. And, and that's why I tell everybody. Cause like they don't believe me. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is awesome. You know, speaking of Matt, uh, hi babe. I'm not, I'm not calling Mike, babe. <laughs> my beautiful wife just walked through. Um, Matt is the person who convinced me to be vocal or, or, or to not retain. I was pretty much keeping it a secret that mm -hmm. I was colorblind because my fear was that um, it would dampen my photography or that people would think less of mm -hmm. my work. Or I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I just was afraid to share that. And um, and he said, uh, no, he said, dude, it's the opposite. He said, uh, he said, because he knew Matt knows the process that I have to use to, to do this. Right. That it's a, it's something that I have. I have to do things with technology and um, I guess you could say like a, a tool okay. that um, comes on these DJI drones that most individuals using them don't even know that it has because they don't need it. Right. It's a, called a digital color histogram. Not digital. It's called a color histogram. And um, that's there for even individuals that can see color when they are doing like super tight tweaking when they shoot. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a purist, I guess you could say not because I think it's more valuable and I'm always vocal about this. I don't want to ever communicate that. I think it's better mm -hmm. 
to avoid Photoshop. It, it's an art, just yeah. like anything else, just like what I do. It's an art. Yeah. And some um, of the ones that come to mind that you're talking about is Kevin, Noisy, some noisy. of the stuff that he does. Absolutely. Amazing. And we got to see him evolve into that. Right. And uh, have you seen his feed in the last 24 hours? No, I haven't. It's he nuts, has renounced it? Noisy. Oh, I did see that. He's yes, yeah, yeah. He's he's actually gone to his own name now. Yeah, right? he started yeah. new and then he yeah. changed his uh, his feed to call Noisy is dead. Yeah, I saw that. Now we got to get Kevin to 10k. That's now, right. right. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I messaged him and said, uh, <laughs> "I said you better put me in the first 100 club because uh, when you reach 100,000, you it's time to hand out awards." Yeah. But uh, he'll get there. I mean, yeah, he's he, really good. We got to see him develop into mm. that. And that's why you're, you're you're exactly right. That's why I don't have anything negative to say about um, the art of doing composites. Mm-hmm. Is the the term given to what we're talking about? It's if you don't know what that is, it's um, when artists. I'm not going to say photographers because now it is on, there's entire right. feeds committed to composite artists that don't shoot pictures. Right. In fact, there's this thing's gotten so big now that there are uh, some artists uh, that have massive feeds and, mm-hmm. and, and make a lot of money selling prints and they don't take pictures at all. They just edit. Yeah. That's all they do. And uh, there's, there's collaboration yeah. uh, feeds now where, um, where, there's two names on it and the one of the individuals is the photographer the other is the editor yeah pretty cool digital art form it's i mean it's amazing exactly it's, it's absolutely amazing and i have friends who do talk about digital art i have a friend who uh, recently had him on a podcast he his business is doing laser light shows for music concerts and that's an art form the people who develop those those light shows and he is a, a guy who works for him that does a lot of graphics and stuff for that 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 will go on a giant screen behind whoever the artist is like that's that's the that's the world we're in now it's Absolutely. just a new form of art isn't it you're not throwing a paint can against the wall and calling that art right you're doing something else right and if someone so, doesn't think that's art yeah produce a show and watch mm. his version yeah. and somebody else's version and say it's not art yeah we, well, one like, of them is amazing two bananas the other day was it that, that the other day last year uh, that Miami art show or whatever it was a piece of yes, tape, tape yes. it was, like, someone just taped a banana to a wall yep. and it sold for like a hundred grand <laughs> like, I just go get that. some bananas from Walmart real quick <laughs> <laughs> change the color of the tape and do it myself <laughs> So I remember now how we segued. What I was saying is that one picture that I did there that I showed you, I was without my normal drone because of those stories. Yeah. So while I was trying to come up with this lump of money to get myself back to to square uh, with a drone so I could get back to work, I had to use one of my big video drones, which I have more than one drone um but i the best one for photography that i use mostly is the one i didn't have the mm-hmm. one that i crashed so um so i pulled out one of my inspired drones which ironically i bought from nick brown yeah um oh i guess about two years ago maybe before 
I was really any good at this at all. Um, they had, I got on eBay of all things and was looking to purchase this particular drone that I bought from him. And the best price drone, um, in that category. And there are hundreds of them for sale. Just so happened that, uh, Nick and his business partner at the time were, uh, at drone boys, they were selling this particular drone and I was able to buy it from them. So, um, I met them whenever I purchased that yeah. drone, going to pick it up from the per- this right. person that I bought it from on eBay. It was a total irony thing. So uh, I have that big, clunky drone called an Inspire One. And when I say clunky, the drone can go, I think, like 55 miles an hour. So we're not it's, talking yeah. about like a tank here. But it's, it's just so big and lumbers around and... Um, the newer versions have two batteries, so the battery life is decent. But this one, you put it up in the air, and like 10 minutes later, you're bringing it back down. Yeah. And so I, just out of not being able to just sit at home, I got one of those big, and so I got two Inspire drones. I went out with it and thought, oh, I'll shoot some cool video footage or something while I'm uh, in this interim time. And went downtown and was going to just shoot some pictures of some trains coming by. I mean, not pictures, some video of trains coming by. Uh, Because I'm real cautious with this Inspire drone, because if it were to fall and hit somebody or something, it would be devastating to kill somebody. So I put this thing up in the air, and um, the thought occurs to me, oh, my word, Scissortail Park opens tomorrow night. I wonder if they're doing a sound check or mm. a light check or something over there at the park. And they had it all lit up. And I don't think it had been lit up yet. Yeah. So I went ahead and put the drone up in the air and went and mapped out a, a path that I could just fly it over to the park and not go over anybody. And that was very easy to do because I, I was launching right by where the train tracks are. Okay, yeah. So I got over there and... Um, I mean, you can see in the picture, it was, they were out there doing a sound check and they had everything turned on and it was no people whatsoever. Yeah. As far as you could see, it was just perfection. And I was like, oh my word, I wish I could take a picture of this, but I'm not going to do yeah. that with this. So that one's from a still of a video? No. Oh, okay. It can take pictures. Okay. Oh, but it's just not as good as the one that you wish you would have yeah. had. Yeah. Okay. And it still turned out great. But if you blow it up, it's probably not. Is that that no, one? No, no, it is because uh, okay. this one had ninety-six raw pictures that wow. I stitched yeah. together for that. For that, you had ninety-six that, separate images. Ninety-six, and the raw photos are like thirty-five megabytes yeah. each. So, uh, you know, like a song for yeah. comparison, a song on iTunes now I think is like three megabytes. And if you take a picture with your iPhone, like the best quality, yeah. it's like two and a half megabytes. These pictures are 35 megabytes each, and I use 96 of them. So your laptop hates you. Yeah. For the whole time you yeah. probably just takes long. Well, load, I, save, load, for, save. For this, yeah, I use my uh, Mac, um, iMac, yeah. the bigger one. And I mean, this thing's got like... Uh, 128 gig of RAM. Right. It's huge Mac uh, strength wise. So 
what it can process. And I thought when I pushed the button to, for it to stitch everything, I was like, all the fans start kicking on and this thing starts exactly. making a noise like it's one of those old gateway computers in the 90s <laughs> the thing was huffing and puffing and I was like yeah I don't think this is going to happen yeah. and the the uh, progress bar just kept going yeah and I was like well okay this you might know, happen don't do this to me don't get all the way to yeah, the yeah, don't exactly. get anywhere near 90% don't and just say no yeah. and it did it just kept going and going and going it took a long long time yeah. it probably took 20 minutes for it to for it yeah. to make the preview but it finished and spit this image out at me and I mean it didn't look like that but yeah. but it I mean it looked like this it just uh, as far as the frame sure. and I was like yeah. Oh my goodness. I immediately pushed process like cuz then it needed to make it mm -hmm. official and that took a good 30 minutes to do but um and then I, I edited it and so that photo if I exported it out of Lightroom at the highest quality settings and it be a compressed like image file like a yeah. jpeg or a, or a tiff it would it would be I would guess around 500, it'd be 500 megabytes. <laughs> Half a gig for one picture. <laughs> because I have, right, I have a tiny little MacBook. It's like 125 gigabytes and it's, it blows at me every time I open up iMovie. <laughs> so do you, one day you've got to have that printed. You have to. Have to. Yeah. I mean, because you could print that. You know, like you, you could size. print it on, and put it on the side of a yeah. six-story building more than yeah. likely. I mean, it's, it could print huge. Oh, it's amazing. And I've taken it on my computer and just zoomed and yeah. zoomed and zoomed and zoomed. And you can go from... Uh, yeah. You can go from that view yeah. to seeing what color of shirts the people are wearing standing on the stage. You're kidding me. You just... Wow. Keep going in and... It oh, just it's so cool. Everything just yeah. keeps staying perfectly clear. It's really amazing. Yeah. So that that is ultimately uh, the difference between somebody who takes a great picture mm -hmm. and edits it real hard, uh, and it's hard to see that, to be honest, on Instagram because by right. the time it posts, it's compressed yeah. and. Many of my photos are panoramics, either mm -hmm. vertically or horizontally. And it's the vertical panorama that I sell the most of on prints. Sure. Because they are pictures of, typically they start with the sky above, uh, like this one. Yeah wasn't a vertical panorama mm -hmm. but um let me show the you the ones of the devon tower def that some of them are right oh yes yeah and like this one for example yeah this is me cropping four by five okay out of a picture okay that really goes yeah from down here to up here well to about right here sure and takes in this whole scope of things and that's what that's when you can, uh, when they're vertical panoramas, it's because I shot one of my, I don't know if you could call it, like it's not patented, but just kind of one of what I'm known for, sure. the HDR panorama, mm -hmm. which the difference is this. When you use like the DJI uh, app 
to make a panorama and it does it on its own. Mm-hmm. It shoots them like we talked about on the grid and then you stitch them together. Well, when I shoot mine manually, what I'm doing is um, I, I take the drone and I find what I want to shoot and I put the drone in what's called tripod mode where it just locks itself in that spot in the air and you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And uh, and then I will take a picture. Uh, what's they, the a, DJI app calls it AEB, which I haven't taken the time to figure out what that stands right. for. But uh, what that is, you can set it on three or five. And what that does then is when you take the picture, it takes three pictures in a row okay. or five. five yeah. And what that what it does for you automatically is it shoots each picture mm-hmm. uh, the first one being exactly what you set the settings at manually and then it boosts the iso on the next picture to be kind of the far end okay. of brightness okay usually it's right on the edge of being overexposed yeah and then the next picture, if you're shooting just the three, it goes to the bottom end of the spectrum gotcha. and takes the picture where it's right on the really edge dark, of being yeah. too dark. Yeah. Then in post, you put the, all three of those pictures on top of each other in a stack right. and tell the software, process these together. And what, the, what it does, the purpose of this is not just contrast. The purpose ultimately is this. Um, every digital, I don't want to get too geeky, but every digital picture is simply a package of zeros and ones. Right. That's, that's all digital information is, is a series of di- zeros and ones. Well, the brilliant people that have made these processors can take an image, comes in, and it's the, that image is flashed onto a, a little miniature screen that's mm-hmm. a sensor inside the camera, and that sensor is able to sense how much light and color each pixel has, or yeah. you know those little micro things in there, and so, and then it converts it into zeros and ones. Well, they can only hold so much data. Right. Each photo can package if you're shooting in RAW about thirty to thirty-five megabytes. So when you're sh- when you're editing a raw image, mm-hmm. what you're doing is taking that data, and you're not putting filters on top of a sure. image, yeah. like if you were editing a JPEG or something like mm-hmm. that. You're literally manipulating each pixel because gotcha. you have control of it now. You're right. Well, if you have control of, let's just say, for example. Um, Three million units. Yeah. For example, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't you be able to get more contrast and more color if you had nine million units mm. rather than three million? And what if they were inside the same frame? So it's not just these um, layers of bright and dark. Even if you took three pictures of the exact same thing Mm -hmm. without any ISO changes, stacked them and processed them into an HDR. Now you've got triple the data to manipulate 
Okay, that makes sense. If it's a raw, yeah. and you'll be able to get, you'll be able to, in, in a good editor like Lightroom, you'll be yeah. able to stretch. And that's all I do in editing. Okay. I don't paint color on. I couldn't if I had yeah. to. I don't, I wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah. I don't um, alter anything on there. I'm not... I don't add anything into my pictures. If right. you see stars in my pictures, it's because there were stars in the sky yeah. and my camera captured them. So my heavy lifting in uh, making my pictures look the way they do is in the shooting, it's mm -hmm. in the capture, it's in the uh, the edit, but right. just getting all that data put together in the right place, making it, mm -hmm. uh, stacking it, which is what I'll do on the HDR. I'm bouncing all over the place. I'll take a picture on my grid straight on. Yeah. One, two, three, or four or five. Then I turn my gimbal up and take another. And then I tilt it up one more time. Typically, this is my process yeah. and take another set. So now we've got at minimum 15 pictures taken. I'm sorry, nine. Yeah. And then I go down to the bottom. The reason I do the top first is because the clouds move. And I want to get those taken in sequence as fast sure. as I can since I'm going to try and stitch them together. And I don't want sure. them. The, the software gets confused if, you have, if, it, if they're two different. Things are moving, yeah. Yeah. Then I do the bottom two mm. and so on. So now I've got all that data on this grid. I go in and stack the HDRs first. Right. Then I pull those HDR files um, combined five pictures into one and uh, then take those five and I set all of them so that their um, lighting is the same. Okay. Uh, so that there's not like massive changes. Let's say a cloud rolled in front of the sun right, right before I took the bottom one. So that's why I adjust their... The only thing I adjust before I stitch them is their exposure. Then I put those together and yeah. stitch those into that tall... And then you crop to pick the picture that goes up online. Yeah. And then, yeah. And so any picture I put up online, and I just started doing it this last week. I've only done it one time. I'm going to try and do it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do is everybody who comments on my photos, I'm going to be sending them on DM. The full image? The full... Got you. Um, Wall, yeah. digital wallpaper for their phone. Okay. Um, because it's, they, they literally line up perfect for these yeah. smartphones. That's so cool. And uh, that way they can see, you saw this on the post, right. but because you commented, you get to see the full It's thing. like taking it, in the, taking it in a story and you can't get the story picture, right? That's exactly the right. the main thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically, when I make a wallpaper for like this iPhone, which is the, even if you have the smaller version of the iPhone, yeah. it's the exact same dimensions. Okay. Um, you really wouldn't believe how much taller it is mm. than a 16 by nine, mm -hmm. which is the format for the uh, Instagram story. Okay. Um, it's tremendously taller. I mean, yeah. it's, it looks weird. If you just look at one on a computer screen, it looks like a tall, skinny banner. Um, the ones that fit on here perfect and uh so yeah that's that's kind of my uh my thing yeah process is awesome Boy, um what a we're mess. gonna have we, well uh, 
I mean, we could talk about this for hours, uh, but we're definitely going to have to do another podcast because we're in, at an hour right now. And I'm sure people, all these, there's a lot of photography people listening. I'm like, give me more. This is great. <laughs> they're like itching themselves. Like, I need this information, uh, which yeah. would be awesome because they're going to come to the class at Photocon. And if, you know, that's that's why you're doing it. And that's that's the value that you're going to add. Um, yeah, everyone listening, you. there will be a part two to this because I'm geeking out myself. <laughs> um, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, people can follow you on Instagram at Andrew underscore G underscore image. And then if they want to buy a print, they just send you a DM. And is there a website to go to as well? Yeah, my website is andrewgimage.com. Awesome. Um, this is, I'm considering this part one. It could be part one of four. It could be part one of two. It could be part one of ten. We'll, we'll find out. It's fun talking here, isn't it? Uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. But, mate, I really appreciate your time. And there definitely will be an, uh, definitely part two to this. Awesome. So. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.